Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Today we're going to finish up looking at the whole issue of navigating through this world of deception or finding our bearings in this world of confusion. But you're probably saying, well, George, that's fine. We've kind of given us a basis and an understanding from John's letter of the world in which we live in, but you still haven't told us how we're to navigate through it, how we're to live in this world. Well, that's what we're going to look at today in these verses, verse 24 through 28. We're going to look and see what John now tells us that we need to do in light of all of these things. In light of your standing, in light of the fact that you shouldn't embrace this world, in light of the deceivers that are out there, how are you and I to live in this world? And so that's what we're going to focus on today, is how to live in this world. And so let's look at what he says. Verse 24. Therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us. Eternal life. And these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. We're going to notice seven different things that he's going to tell us from this passage here about that you and I need to embrace, that you and I need to make a part of our lives if we're going to live in this world of confusion. And let me tell you something, it is a world of confusion. The world is constantly changing around us. What's right one moment is wrong the next moment. What's wrong one moment is right the next moment. And the world expects you to change with it. And if you don't change with it, you must be some kind of narrow-minded, ignorant, somebody or another. And so, how are we to live in that kind of a world? Well, he tells us several things here. So I want you to notice, first of all, verse 24. Notice what he says. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. What's he telling us here? The first thing I want you to understand, as we're going to understand how we need to live in this world, is this. Embrace the reality of your salvation. Notice what he says there. He said, therefore, let that abide in you. Abide there has the meaning of remaining or resting in your life or living in your life. Let that be a part of your life which you heard from the beginning. What's he talking about from the beginning? From the beginning, you heard in your Christian journey the message of salvation. What's the message of salvation? That Jesus Christ came to die for your sins so that you might have salvation, not by what you do, but by faith alone. 
He wants you to embrace the reality of your salvation. See, if you're going to navigate through this world of deception and confusion, you have got to understand your salvation. Because there are so many things that can happen that can trip you up from the whole reality of your salvation and you'll be confused. First of all, whether you realize it or not, you have an enemy. Satan. And one of the things he doesn't want you to understand is the reality of your salvation. See, the reality of your salvation has nothing to do, although it's a part, it's not just totally focused that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. That's a small part of it. The reality of your salvation has to do with your life now. That you're totally accepted, totally forgiven, totally loved by God, and it didn't have anything to do with you. It had to do with Jesus. And you need to embrace that. You need to let that be a part of your life. It will change your whole focus. Because here's what the enemy will do. Two of the greatest weapons the enemy has for you, actually there are three, one is discouragement, so he'll come to you and discourage you. Number two is he's a liar. He'll speak words into your ears and you won't even realize it. As somebody I read this week said, not every thought that crosses your mind comes from you. He'll speak lies to you. And then finally, this is the most devastating one. He accuses you. He reminds you of what you used to be or what you did back then or how you didn't measure up. See, you've got to embrace the reality of your salvation. See, when you embrace the reality of your salvation, you then begin to understand that my standing with God, my acceptance with God, my acceptance with Jesus has nothing to do with me. I can never be good enough. Do you understand that? You can never be good enough for Jesus. You see, if you led a perfect life, never made any mistakes, never had any attitudes, was very gracious with this person or that person, never got upset because somebody cut you off on the highway or whatever, or you got behind the guy that's going really slow and you're in a hurry, even if you were perfect in everything but one point, you deserve to go to hell. You would not be accepted by God. But, see, my acceptance with God has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Jesus and what He's done. That I don't deserve it. See, embrace the reality of Christ's salvation in your life. It will free you. Some of you are here, you're so defeated, and you have this perception of how God sees you, and that He sees you in some way, He sees you based upon what you did back then, or what you could have done, what you didn't do, all of this stuff, and it just caught you. Can I be honest with you, that's the enemy? You're listening to a lie. I brought this book up here. I've been reading this book by a, a Puritan writer, a Puritan divine by the name of Richard Sibbs. He wrote it back in 1630. And, boy, this was a great book. And I was reading it yesterday when I was at the hospital. And I came across this statement. And it just, I mean, it's one of those statements that just impacts you. Because it's truth. I want you to let this sink in. Because this is the reality 
of your salvation that you need to embrace. Listen to what he writes. 370 years ago, he wrote this. Christ values us by what we shall be and by what we were elected unto. What's he saying? And every day, Kerwinsville talk, here's what he's saying. My value with God is based upon what I'm going to be when I'm with Him. Not based upon right now with me and all of my warts. Do you understand? Your value, your acceptance with God is not based upon now. It's based upon what you're going to be later because of Jesus. Do you understand? Embrace the reality of salvation in your life. Embrace it. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Quit listening. Recognize them for what they are. They are simply what? Lies. When he comes to you and he hurls those accusations at you and says, look at what you did. How could God love you? Other people are having a hard time loving you. How could God love you? You need to recognize that that's the enemy coming to you and say, you know what? You need to be quiet. You need to be quiet. Because I know that my acceptance with God is not based upon what I've done or haven't done. My acceptance with God is based upon what Jesus did. Isn't that a wonderful thought? And so John says, if I'm going to live in this world, I need to abide. That is, I need to live in. I need to to remain in. I need to embrace the reality of my salvation. Rest in that. Hey, I want you to think back for a moment. Why do you think Paul talks about, when he talks about the armor of God, that I put on what? The helmet of my salvation. What is that? That I gird my mind with what? an understanding of my salvation as I go out to face each day. Because if I don't have an understanding of my salvation, He will come to me and He will knock the legs right out from under me. And He'll knock the legs right out from under you. And you know what? You can live in this world and the different shifting sands in this world and the different confusing things that are going on in this world and you can begin to wonder, you can begin to wonder, you know, Does God love me? Does God accept me? Does God... You know what? If you look at the world, you're going to be upset by the world. But when you understand your salvation and you understand His love is unconditional and His love has accepted you, not because of you, but because of Jesus, you're going to be able to navigate through this world. Isn't that an awesome thought? Isn't it an awesome thought? Because then that brings up the next point we see in verse 24. Notice what he says. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Here, listen, the next thing you need to understand if you're going to live in this world is this. Your salvation is the basis of our relationship or your relationship. It is the basis of the relationship that we have with God. Some of you won't pray. Some of you won't go to God with your heart because you're so afraid that you can't go in His presence because of what you've done. Can I tell you something? He already took care of it. 
And he wants to hear from you. He wants to spend time with you. See, sometimes we have this perception of, of God being like, maybe you didn't have a great dad. Maybe you didn't have a father that really loved you. Maybe you had an abusive father. And that happens today. And what happens is that sometimes when we think of the Heavenly Father, we think of the Heavenly Father in terms of what our father was like. But, I, you know, we got a wrong thinking there because that, you know, even if you had a bad father, the Heavenly Father is beyond what your father was. In fact, I, I recently told someone, don't think in God in terms of the father you had. Think of him in terms of the father you wanted to have. And then think of the Heavenly Father in terms of the Father you wanted to have and that He's even beyond that. Is that an awesome thought? And when I have the understanding of my salvation, I have an understanding that I have a relationship with the living God. I can go to Him and I can express to Him, Lord, I'm upset today. This stuff is happening in my life and I'm wondering where you're at. Lord, I'm, I'm down today. I, I need you to encourage me. All of us have that need to hear our dad say to us, good job, don't we? Some of us, our dads are gone. But can I tell you, you still got a dad? And you can still go to him and say, and this is what Paul says. Paul says we can go to him and say, Abba, Father. I, I don't like the fact that the the English translation translates it Abba because the literal meaning of the word is Daddy. You can go to him and say, Daddy, how'd I do? How'd I do? Isn't that an awesome thought? That's the reality. And see, when you have that understanding and, and you grasp and embrace the reality of your relationship and you understand that you have a wonderful relationship with the Living Father, you can navigate through this world. You can have a confidence to get through this world, can't you? See, embrace the reality of your salvation. You've got a relationship with a Father who watches over you. Isn't that an awesome thought? But you know what? So many of us, we, we, don't, we, we just look at it as fire insurance. We just look at it, oh, i got that thing taken care of for later on. And then we try to live our lives and navigate through this world on our own, not realizing that salvation is not just later when you die. Salvation is for now. He goes on in verse 25 and he says this, And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. The next thing he tells us, and this goes right in hand with the issue of your salvation, is that you need to embrace, you need to embrace the promise of eternal life. Can I be honest with you? Eternal life, can I be honest with you, is not heaven later. Eternal life began when? The moment you got saved. In fact, can I give you Jesus' definition of eternal life? Turn with me over to just hold your place in First John and turn over to the Gospel of John, John chapter 17. When we think about inheriting eternal life, look at what he says in verse 3 of John 17. And this is eternal life. That they 
may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. In fact, let me give you the definition of that word know. It's not that you know a lot of facts about God and Jesus Christ. It is that you may know God experientially in your life. That you may go through life and embrace the promise that God is going to interact in your life from that moment you trusted Him until, really, forever. Not until anything. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we can go on all day with evers. That's how long it's going to be. And you've got to embrace the promise of that. The promise of God continually interacting in your life as you grow to know Him and grow to know Him and grow to know Him and grow to know Him. Yes, a benefit of that is the streets of gold. Yes, a benefit of that is living in heaven forever, no pain and no suffering and so forth. But that's just one component of it. That's just one aspect of knowing Him. You need to embrace the reality of the relationship you have with Him. Then he goes on in verse 26 and he says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So, again, if I'm going to live in this world, I need to embrace the reality of my salvation, understand it's the basis of my relationship with Him, understand and embrace the promise of eternal life, again, that interaction, that personal interaction forever with Him. He then says this, and if I'm going to navigate through this world, I've got to do this. I've got to beware of deceivers. Beware of deceivers that they'll even come up from among you. Listen, can I be honest with you? You know, not everybody who comes to church is a Christian. Not everyone who comes to church has their doctrine right. And Satan will raise up people that will deceive you within the midst and try to get you off track from what he's already told you. And so you'll have people that come to you and say, well, you know, if you really want to be a good Christian, you need to do these things. Some of you have heard that kind of message before. And so you're always defeated because... I just can't seem to keep all the rules. Been there? I've been there. Get so frustrated with my Christian life because I can't keep all the rules. And there were a lot of rules. Rules about everything. Rules about where you can eat. Rules about what you can drink. Rules about this. Rules about that. What to wear. What not to wear. How to act. What to do. Can't read a comic on Sunday. Remember those? All this stuff. See, there's all this deception, all of it trying to distract you from the reality that what? My salvation isn't based upon me, it's based upon Jesus. So you got guys on TV who tell you that if you're not healthy and wealthy, you're not loved by God, and so you're sitting there, you're struggling with a health issue, or you're struggling with your finances, you're saying, well, maybe that guy's right, maybe, maybe I'm not where I should be with God. Don't listen to him, he's a deceiver. Don't listen to him. Beware of the deceivers. If you're going to navigate through this world, you've got to recognize the deceivers. You've got to recognize them. He goes on then in verse 27. And notice what he says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things is true and is not a lie, just as it is has taught you, you will abide in Him. What's he saying here? He's saying, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in truth. Allow Him. 
Listen, when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, something wonderful happened in your life. Not only did you gain acceptance with God, not only did you have forgiveness of sins, no longer, not only did He just give you love that was perfect in all ways, He did the next best thing. He took up residence within your heart in the person of the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. He's not just along for the ride. The Holy Spirit guides you through this confused world in truth. And so when you see something that's deceptive, the Holy Spirit will say to you, no, you shouldn't be paying attention to that because that's not right. When you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit gives you understanding. Hey, let me just stop for a moment. Some of you, you're having a hard time reading your Word. You're not getting anything out of it. You wonder why in the world I should be. Can I be honest with you? You're starting out with the wrong presupposition. You and I are like a little child. And we need to go to the Holy Spirit, who's God, and say, Can you read to me? David said it this way, Psalm 119. Open your word, that I may see wondrous things therein. See, a lot of us are reading the Bible without asking God to speak to us as we read it. See, and if I'm going to navigate through this world, I have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me through it. So allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in truth. Then look at verse 28. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Two things out of this last verse that will help us to tell us how to live. Number one is this. Live with an eye to the future. Don't just live for now. Don't just live in terms of my comfort right now. Live with an eye to the future. What do you mean the future, George? Live with an eye to what he's already told us about, that everything is working to the culmination, that ultimate climax, when Jesus Christ is coming back, that one day you're going to be with him, whether you die or whether he comes back in the rapture. May that come soon. Live with your life in such a way that you have an eye towards the future that Jesus is coming back. Live that way. That will give you hope in the midst of your difficult struggles. You've got to live with your eye towards the future. The next thing is live your life with a clear conscience. Notice what he says there in verse 28. That we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. See, another thing that's going to help you to guide you to live your life in the midst of this world, this world of confusion, is if you begin to live your life with a thought that, you know what? What if Jesus were to come back today? What if He were to come for us today? Would He be pleased with what I'm doing at that moment? Will you be able to stand before Him with a clear conscience? And that's what John's saying here. That you live your life with an eye to the future and with a reverential fear that I don't have to be embarrassed when God comes back. So let me give you three things to think about. Number one, ask yourself this question. Do you truly grasp the reality of your salvation? Is it just simply fire insurance to you? If that's all it is to you, if that's all it is, is that you've got this assurance that you're going to go to heaven because you prayed a prayer, I'm going to be honest with you, you haven't grasped the reality of salvation. You haven't grasped it. You've totally missed it. Because it's beyond that. 
It is the reality of a relationship with Jesus Christ now, not based upon you, but based upon what God has done for you. And you need to let that, in, let that flow through your life because that's going to change the way you live right now. Quit thinking of it in terms of later. We don't think about death. We plan on living a long time. But why is it when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to salvation, we think about that as being later? That's not what it is. It's now. Remember what he said, and this is eternal life. That they may know you and me, Jesus said. Do you truly grasp the reality of your salvation? Next thing you need to ask yourself is this. If you're going to navigate through this world, you've got to ask yourself this question. Have you allowed yourself to be deceived? Have you allowed yourself to be deceived? What do you mean by that, George? Have you allowed yourself to be deceived? And there's two types of deception. There's the deception that everything's okay. It doesn't really matter how you live. You're okay. Don't worry about it. That's one end of deception. Then there's the other end of deception, which we hear a lot of times in our churches, and that's this. You know, you've got to dress the right way. You've got to look the right way. You've got to talk the right way. You've got to be at everything. You've got to quit doing this. You can't go there. Can't do this. Can't do that. You got to do this. 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 I mean, and it just goes on and 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 on. See, are you being deceived? Are you being deceived from either either end of the spectrum, from a lot of legalism to basically a lot of liberty? And and you've got to ask yourself that question: Are you being deceived from what the true message of the gospel is? And if you're going to navigate through this world, you've got to ask yourself, am I being deceived? Am I? And you've got to remember that it's not just you. You do have an enemy. And he will deceive you. You do have an enemy. And then the final thing is this. Live in light of Jesus' return. Live in light of Jesus' return. Live your life as if this is the day that Jesus is going to come back because it may very well be. And do you want to be embarrassed? Live your life. My prayer daily is, God, help me to be the husband that you want me to be. God, help me to be the dad that you want me to be. And then finally I say, Lord, well, I have two other ones. I say, Lord, help me to be the pastor that you want me to be. And God, help me to be the man you want me to be. See, I'm I'm trying to live my life in light of what? His return. See, if I'm going to navigate through this world, I've got to live that way. You've got to live that way. How you doing? Look, can I give you a little bit of assurance here? Because you might be looking and saying, well, I'm not doing too good. If God came back today, I'd be awfully embarrassed. The wonderful thing about God is this. He gives another chance. And if you've not been doing well as you've been navigating through this world, you just simply need to say to Him, Lord, I need your help. Set me on the right path. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.